and welcome to Here We Go Again. This is the podcast. That's it. It's the podcast. The yeah. only podcast. This is the only one. Uh, this week, as we do every other week, we watched the musical extravaganza, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Uh, we actually had a special guest this week. We watched it with friend of the podcast, Gavin Lawless, who yeah. has, he loved it so much he, that he, he decided to go home before he could be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so true. But usual friend of the show, Jack is here. Hello. Uh, you could almost say he's a co-host at this point. At this point, I feel like maybe he's just a special guest that refused to leave. Maybe in three weeks time, we could do a, a professional review and you can give me feedback and if I've done good enough, I can be a co-host. So, Jack, what did you think of the film this week? <laughs> I, of course, I enjoyed it. Actually, you know, I think uh, the last few weeks I haven't been able to pick out much new stuff from the movies. But this week I had a, I had a good one. I, I got some things that have not been mentioned before. And um, some of it's nonsense and some of it's... Um, some of it's other stuff, I guess. What about what about you, Butch? Uh, well, I don't have much notes, but I have some interesting notes, some theories that will definitely be expanded upon, some theories that that definitely uh, cross over between the two films, and okay. you know, we'll get into that. So, who wants to start here? You go for it. Alright, well, number one, teacher, the, 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 the vice-chancellor, she is, you know, she's Scottish, clearly, so mm. she is clearly either the mother of uh, either Alison or Bernice, whichever one it is in the first <laughs> film. Uh, <laughs> <Bernice>. <laughs> yes, Alison and Bernice. Yes. Yeah, whichever one of them it was. Uh, oh my god, Alison and Bernice are the name of the people from that other movie. <laughs> no way. Uh, are you choking me? My next note is can we establish once and for all if this is a grand opening or grand reopening? Uh, I should have checked. Um. I I wasn't able to discern which it was. I feel like the two are used interchangeably, mm. which is either sloppy or we're seeing uh, a different set of flashbacks from when the Hotel Belladonna originally opened, but then maybe it burned down, and then there's a reopening, which yeah. we also see. My, Who knows? My theory of the film taking place over the course of several decades uh, still holds <laughs> mm. still holds true uh, although you know the first time we see uh, Tanya and Rosie on the boat they say the girl's got so much stress the hotel reopening mm. and uh, in Sam Shack there is uh, in Sam Shack there's uh, a statue of a black bird and so I decided to look up the symbolism for blackbirds <laughs> of course apparently it symbolizes death Oh. change mm -hmm. and on the website I was on I'm going to I'm going to quote these two phrases exactly cosmic knowledge <laughs> and astral travel whoa astral travel you say now that could solve some shit <laughs> <laughs> well it could next note uh Sam has sons so Son of Sam, uh, just saying, his God. sons are murderers. Uh, all right, all right, all right. It is strange that we never get to meet his sons. Well, that we know of. Wink, wink. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, my 
final note, and this is this is a bigger theory that I'm working on. Uh, this is the Mamma Mia films aren't actually ABBA musicals. Oh, okay. They're Pink Floyd musicals. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Uh, sure. Well, firstly, uh, what what led me to pick this out was uh, when Sophie says, uh, she's looking at Dawn's picture and says, "Wish she was here." So that's obviously a, it's obviously a reference to wish you were here. <laughs> then in the first, I'm just saying in the first film they got money, 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 which is obviously meant to be money, money. from Paul Blackmore. Oh, I mean, Dark Side of the Moon. Of course. Uh, I'm sure there are others, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I'm thinking this film in particular. I think is I presume you've seen the film version of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, not in a long, long time, but I have, yeah. Uh, just going to turn Gavin away by saying, spoiler alert for Pink Floyd's <laughs> The Wall. Good film, go watch it. Uh, although, I suppose if you've heard the album, then I guess, uh, yeah, you, you're probably fine. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this film, I think, is a remake of the film version of Pink Floyd's The Wall. I mean, look, the storm is basically... The trashing of the hotel room. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, you got, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall. You got when he's an adult, he's like, you know, he's, you know, calling up his wife who's in bed with another person. Thinking, I'm thinking like Sky in New York mm -hmm. is kind of like, you know, Sophie being pink here, uh, <laughs> calling her husband Right. And, you know, there being some shit going on that leaves her all depressed. And then after that, the storm happens, you know. Um, and then, and then, and then Tanya and Rosie show up, which is uh, very much young lust going on if we're, if we're to okay. work it like that. But then also it flashes back in time. So that could also be uh, the equivalent of young lust. Uh, true, true. Pretty much immediately after that, it flashes back to... Uh, Bill, young Bill. So that would very much be the like the textbook definition of young lust. Yeah. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm so annoyed that I'm saying this. Is there incest in the wall? Do I rem have I misremembered that? There isn't. At most implied, right? But never directly addressed. There is definitely some mommy issues in there. Uh, okay. There's a whole song called "Mother," which you mm -hmm. know, "Mamma Mia, Mother." <laughs> just saying, uh, you know, it's 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 all a song about you know, the, like the, yeah, which ties back into the first film, the first film where Sophie's like, you know, you don't want me to leave. That's what you want. You want me to not get married. Mm. And there's a, you know, a whole song in there, which is basically, you know, the singer talking about how his mother smothers him. Yeah. And, you know, the mother just doesn't want him to leave, doesn't want him to grow up and just wants to, you know, coddle him for the rest of his life, which is basically what Donald's doing throughout the entirety of Mamma Mia. Like I said, this theory needs expanding upon. Yeah. I've only heard two Pink Floyd albums all the way through. <laughs> So, uh, like, there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. But I think I'm onto something. I here. think it's, uh, you know, holds more water than I was expecting it to. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, all this talk of Mother as well has me thinking that we should probably watch Mother for bonus episodes. When I kiss any... the teacher, we don't need no education. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I'm uh, just saying, I'm very much thinking of doing a re-edit where every time it cuts to an ABBA song, we just put in a relevant Pink Floyd song. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we should definitely do that. And uh, uh, 
I mean, we probably can't distribute that. That seems no, no. but re- we'll report back and give the track listing in case anyone wants to, you know, yeah. do it themselves. But I think that will require me and you with a pen and paper going over everything mm-hmm. and picking out a track list. You're the music expert. Yeah, you. much like um, uh, Richard Curtis and Al Parker making the the story yeah, for need, this movie. We need to go into a caravan for a weekend. <laughs> yeah, and just pin fucking Pink Floyd songs on a cork board with string going between them. <laughs> for those listening, this isn't a joke. That's what they did for Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, except the ABBA songs. And uh, they just picked their favourite ABBA songs. Found this out this week. Um, yeah, we found out... A, you, you spent a lot of the film browsing the IMDb trivia. Uh, I did, yeah. I did a little digging. I just felt like uh, it was a an untapped well of knowledge. Shall I... Shall I crack on with some notes? Building me a fence in uh, Winner Takes It All. <laughs> bit like building mm, a wall. Brick by brick, baby. Um... <laughs> My first note is um, a quote from Dale Cooper of Twin Peaks. Uh, we live inside a hotel invite. I think this whole movie could potentially. It zooms out and it's just another postcard that Sophie's mm, signing. Exactly. I mean, you can't you can't not prove it. I I don't know. That's that's pretty scary. And maybe when the characters gain self awareness at the end, maybe that's as she's like signing their <laughs> names. Um, I will come back to that second note, but um, it's crazy to me that the entire city of Paris is based inside an airport. Uh, as we see. Yes, we do see that. Yeah. That is true. That is literally what happens. Donna walks up an an escalator, and she's in Paris. Inside an airport. No, no, no. What happened was, uh, Rosie and Tanya followed her to Paris just to wave her goodbye. Oh. Then she went up the escalator in Paris Airport, which probably has a name, but I'm just going to call it Paris yeah, Airport. Charles de Gaulle, I think. Paris Airport. <laughs> uh, and she walked up the escalator, which it has that just leads into the streets of Paris. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Um, Sky was never in New York. He's actually next door slash a ghost. He's next door to Sophie. We see it. They go back to back in one part and they're on either side of the wall. He's a fraud. And he's also got uh, ethereal powers, which is why he could appear uh, next to her in the mirror. I see. <laughs> and it also explains the uh, uh, the photo being thrown that we were talking about before. It, Sophie throws it and then Sky picks it up. He just, he just dips through the wall and then takes it into his... New York apartment, which is actually just in the hotel. Right. Uh, Gavin also uh, brought forward the idea of uh, Sky being a gambling addict. Um, and he's actually, he in Gavin's theory, I think he actually is in New York. And then he, he, <laughs> he actually flies back to Greece. Like uh, within the first few minutes of the film, he's like, no, I got to go home. But then when he's in Athens, he's like, hmm, well... Maybe I shall just pop into a casino and emerge as a week later. Is Athens known for its casinos? Uh, ask Gavin. He's been to Athens. <laughs> well, this is why we got to have Gavin on the fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> why did we put him on the toilet? <laughs> That'd be silly. Um, another quote from Dale Cooper of Twin Peaks. We live inside a painting. Uh... The painting in the Napoleon restaurant, the what, whatever you fucking call it, 
Jesus, the layers to this now. I know. It's, it's like there's some meta shit there. I was dying to find out if Al Parker had um, a cameo in the film somewhere because then I could really get into like metafiction. Uh, Let's put, I, do you not hear him in the end? The post credit scene, do you not hear him? Like, after they say, you shall cut whenever you want, they go like, sorry, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah! Well, I guess all has a cameo. Uh, this could lead to some very interesting conversations about postmodernism. You know, let's get to grips with it. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a big facet of, um, I guess, uh, early postmodernism, at least, is uh, authors slash artists inserting themselves into their work in different ways. Mm. Uh, I know I've mentioned Grant Morrison a few episodes ago. Uh, Grant Morrison does that well, all I love the time. But <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, with, uh, with Animal Man, Grant Morrison kind of inserts themselves several several times throughout the, their run. But anyways, um, yeah. Now, I do have a theory. I told you I had a bit of a theory regarding the true identity of Sophie's dad. Hmm. And it's got... I had this thought come to me uh, after we watched Mamma Mia last week. Uh-oh. But I wanted to wait until we watched this, I think, to just like get a better, better feel for it. But as we know, uh, in the end credits of the original Mamma Mia movie... We hear Sophie, Amanda Seyfried, singing Thank You for the Music. We sure do. And the second film also opens with Sophie singing Thank You for the Music. Sure does. And I was kind of, I, I think I was listening to that song during the week and I was just like kind of picking apart the lyrics. And I was like, I think it's very easy to read that song as being like, like thanking someone for creating music, music. and like, you know, writing songs and stuff like that. But there's a lot of lyrics pertaining to, like, parenthood and, like, uh, relationships between, like, a child and a mother and stuff like that. And I think a better way of thinking of the song is it's, like, a child thanking their, you know, their parents for gifting them with the gift of being able to sing. Hmm. And so I would argue that perhaps Amanda Seyfried and Meryl Streep are the two best vocalists across the two films, possibly, which, and you know, it's like, makes sense, I guess, in terms of like Donna being a singer professionally and stuff mm. like that. But it also begs the question, uh, you know, even if you think of the line from Cher, like, you've got glitter in your veins, you got it from me. If Sophie's... Let's see, uh, the other half of her biological makeup were a terrible singer, say, perhaps muddied the waters of her talent. It wouldn't make sense for any of the dads to really be her dad because none of them could carry a tune mm. particularly well. So, my theory is either there's a mystery fourth dad or immaculate conception. Okay, well, <laughs> let me see here. There are a few options here. Mm -hmm. The first thing that immediately came to mind was Lazarus. Yeah, I had you know great what, singer. That's a, he's a he's a professional singer. He's a good singer. 
Uh, I could totally see him seducing Donna. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, they're in close company for much of Here We Go Again. They uh, fucking live nearby. He's a charmer, like, he's, he's an char- animal. He's a... <laughs> he is an animal. And, like, that could be a little nod to, you know what I'm like, wink, in the wink, sack, wink. Uh, damn, yeah, Lazarus could be a good shout. Uh, the over-immediate thought was something that I've been posing for weeks and that no one will take me seriously on, which is that all three of the father's sperms combined <laughs> in her womb to create one super sperm. <laughs> one super sperm that still can't sing. Hey. Sophie can sing. Sophie can sing, but the dads fucking can't. Yeah, Therefore, well... their jip can't. Well, look, three, two mediocre singers and one terrible singer. I think put that together, you get one okay singer. Mix that with Donna's DNA. I think it's still muddying the water. It's muddying the water, but still. See, it's I th- possible. I think we need to go looking for the fourth dad. I think Lazarus is definitely a uh, a strong possibility. It's butt rich. It, it could be Buttrich. That's my theory this week. <laughs> the fourth dad is Buttrich. Omid Delili can kind of sing. Yeah, but he's gay. Oh, he is gay. Very true. But then I guess Harry's gay. He slept with Donna. Mm. Look, much to think about. Much, much to think about. Uh, message in your opinions on the mysterious fourth dad or if you think it's an uh, immaculate conception. Uh... What have I got next? Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this came up. I think Gavin was talking about how Omid Dalili uh, kind of owns being bald, but all the way throughout this film, he's so envious of people's hair. He's constantly talking about people's hair. Mm. You know, it's a li- like it's very much his thing, which led me to th- think that, you know, you, you could... grew your hair, it's longer now. Your hair, it's shorter now. And your hairline, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, could he be King Solomon from the Bible who gained his power from his hair and once he was shaved, lost said power? Uh, he's still got all his power. He's still got a lot of power, yeah. I guess that's the one uh, fault in that theory. But yeah, my what my note for that is just uh, King Solomon Delili. Uh, <laughs> um, Butch That's me What is your theory for Ugly Butt Rich this week? Oh god I mean I'm st- I, I still think The Mafia theory is, is possibly the best one Obviously I've just Just shared my theory That he is the, the Sophie's actual dad Hmm uh, I mean, I've got lots of theories going on here. I think maybe he's the reason that Alexio and his fisherman pals don't have work. Ooh. I think maybe... He caused the recession? Uh, not necessarily he caused the recession, but maybe specifically as revenge against Alexio for stealing his true love, Apollonia. Uh, I think that he specifically targeted the waters that Alexio works. Right. Uh, maybe you know, you know, threw a bunch of uh, uh no sewage in there or something. Fish arsenic. <laughs> exactly. He killed all of the fish, and so the fishermen can't work. 
He fed them all fish rooms. Exactly. He, he he put in a bunch of like toilet paper rolls and the fish <laughs> the fish got caught in them. Or like um I can't remember what episode of Simpsons it is, but you know there's that <laughs> the really absorbent fucking kitchen towel. And Marge like soaks up a I wanna say like a quarry of water <laughs> with it. I was thinking of that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns stitches all of the uh, the ring holders together. <laughs> <laughs> it sweeps the sea clean. Um, I could see Butteridge doing that yeah. just to piss off Alexio. Oh, I heard another theory. He runs uh, or he's part of a powerful marshmallow dynasty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> extremely absorbent marshmallows and so but the sea is still there jack <laughs> yeah but it wasn't always that's true to quote gavin there's less water today <laughs> <laughs> where did all the water go <laughs> um my theory this week was that he is um a butt oil tycoon <laughs> i don't have any other any anything else to do with that but uh... i uh i think maybe he uh, helps run the ferries and so he's using the storm as an excuse to not run ferries to the uh, island because not only uh, Alexia but he also has a grudge against Bill and Donna and mm. her kin fair enough fair enough um, oh yeah according to the IMDB trivia section of this movie for the super trooper scene a lot of that was just the cast having fun there are obviously like choreographed parts to it but uh, supposedly the three dads had a competition to see who could stuff the most uh, stuff down their trousers. And it kind of shows. Um, mm, another theory. I don't think the Donna Sheridan that we follow in 1979 is the same Donna Sheridan. I think it's a different Donna Sheridan that had a very similar experience to Sophie's mum. But not identical. And that's why there's all the... Uh, mismatches I suppose and you may ask what's my evidence for that Donna in 1979 brown eyes Donna in present day blue eyes contacts explain you can put contact lenses in that change the colour of your eyes some people choose to do that because they think certain colours look better shut up (laughs) That's just that's just one po- that's just one possible thing. Mm, I don't know. Where would you get those on Calicari? Maybe she had an eye transplant at some point. You ever think about that? <laughs> of course. Oh, how could I not think of the eye transplant? Both her eyes transplanted. Yeah, she got like severe the uh, something something or other. <laughs> she got it. She got something. She got it bad. But I I could also. In the photos and little bits of uh, young Donna we see in the first movie, blue eyes. Do we see young Donna? Oh yeah, we do once. Yeah. But even that, we've established that takes place after <laughs> what we see in Here We Go Again. <laughs> I just think it's a different Donna Sheridan. And they're like, here's what happened to the other Donna Sheridan that was also... <laughs> All of your theories seem to be 
based around this is a different Donna Sharon, and it's just sometimes it's, this is a different universe, this is a different timeline, <laughs> This no, this is just a different person <laughs> different. who lived a very similar life. Yeah, she had similar but not identical experiences to Donna Sheridan. She looks otherwise Street. identical to young Donna, just with different coloured eyes, and the guys just had no idea, just, she was always like a fucking, like a couple feet away from the uh-huh. real Donna. Yep. Just, just mm-hmm. co- constant near misses, like a Scooby Doo cartoon. I think that's what the third movie is gonna be. It's gonna be them like, it's just gonna be an hour and a half of near misses, like in fucking Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be fucking horrible. I can't wait. Uh, what have we got next? We confirmed via the uh, the trivia section on IMDb that that is indeed. Castamaniana by actual ABBA playing in the party scene. Which raises a few questions. Uh-huh. It must be said. Yeah. So first of all, there's the question of why is it pitched down? Uh, and our current running thing is that we're going to uh, speed... The, we're going to watch the movie on a PAL DVD. Pal. 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 Uh, Pal DVD, uh, which will increase the speed slightly, perhaps bringing the pitch of Castamaniana to its original form mm. otherwise we will uh, speed it up you know by ourselves until it's at the original pitch and that is indeed the way you're meant to watch the movie which i think would make sense because there are parts of this movie where i'm like the pacing just feels a little clumsy but maybe if it was slightly faster it would feel a little more a little more natural it also brings <laughs> it also brings in the question of you know, the the Mamma Mia problem. Do ABBA exist in Mamma Mia? And I guess maybe, but then it's, there's the question of, are Donna and the Dynamos a cover band? Or are ABBA Donna and the Dynamos cover band Ex- in this universe? Exactly. And then, but then there's Lazarus's band as well. Like they perform Kisses of Fire. Yeah, they're a Donna and the Dynamos cover band too. <laughs> And yet they don't. Or Donna and the Dynamos, a uh, Lazarus's band cover band. Mm. <laughs> it's just it raises a lot of questions. Um, again, write in, tell us what you think. Do ABBA exist in this this fucked up? Universe. Please send in your theories because honestly, we're stumped. Uh, I feel like we should email Philadelphia. <laughs> And maybe all Parker as well. He's actually he tends to reply to a lot of stuff on Twitter, so we could tweet him. That's that's a thought. He's like I've seen him reply. In fact, one of my notes is about him replying to some stuff. Um, found out Sky's surname this week. It's Raymond, and the reason I found that out is uh. because yeah, it's never mentioned. No, but if if you look at a like the cast credits, Donnie is given a full name, which is. Donny Sheridan Raymond. What? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Sky isn't credited with a surname, so unless there's another dad. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, who's the who's the second dad? Lazarus again. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no! Lazarus is fucking super seeds. <laughs> Um, also, Baby Donnie was played by a lady baby. I also, I don't know why I, uh, this is my final note, by the way. 
Uh, I googled the name of the office that Harry is in during his business meeting in Tokyo. And the name on the wall is Udagawa. Funny, I did the exact same really? thing. Really? Did you find the thing about Al Parker explaining I what did, it was about? I didn't find a thing about Al Parker. I found like the meaning of the word, which means like I've completely forgotten now, but it's like exiting a rice patty. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm gonna whip up my phone here because it's just I didn't bother to take it down because I was like that's not particularly interesting. But I mean, if Al Parker's gone on about it. Um, yeah, he responded to a few tweets about it because Uragawa is the name of a character from the Australian soap series, Neighbours. Oh, for fuck's sake. And he was like, yeah, this is meant to be a nod to Neighbours. Of course. <laughs> uh, supposedly the, uh, the name of the, the, the Japanese businessman in this scene as well is supposedly a nod to one of his favourite jokes of all time. I couldn't figure out what that was. He's never seemingly explained what that means. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the guy off the top of my head. But... If you know what this joke is, please write it. Mm-hmm. We'll tell it on air. Um, but yeah, Parker said that the reference was put in there to make fans of the Aussie soap happy and teased that the Japanese businessman's name is based on one of the best jokes ever, uh, which I, ju- I couldn't find out. But uh, the name comes from legendary Neighbours character, Mr. Udagawa, a sharp-dressed businessman who has appeared on the show over the years his son, Wizkid James, first appeared in 2016, and his daughter Jasmine was trouble for the Tanakas last year. Oh, f- f- man, we s- we all remember that arc. Mm. Would you like to see a picture of James Hudagawa? Please. He's very sweet. Oh, he does look very sweet. <laughs> for those listening, he's a he's a small guy in a business suit. He looks very sweet. He's <laughs> he's going places. He is going places, and that does it for my notes this week. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't know where to go from here. I mean, there's a lot going... I want to find out what the... The businessman... I'm going to get the businessman's name up and and see if you can figure out what... If you could decipher any sort of punchline from it or anything at all. I'm just saying, if you remember those lines from uh, one of my turns... Run through the bedroom in the old trunk on the left. You'll find my diary with my favorite ex. <laughs> those, those are the lyrics, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Wait. Oh, where am I looking in reviews? Wait. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Fury. Okay. Fury time. Uh, Harry. His company becoming the number one in Europe. We never establish, you know, what the you know the deal is. Mm-hmm. Uh. This this Japanese businessman, he isn't actually the person who owns the company. The com- he's just like you know the the ambassador. The company okay. is owned by Mister Butridge. Uh, of course. And Harry is about to complete his toilet paper empire. <laughs> of course, the Harry Bright toilet paper enterprise. So, um, the Japanese businessman is called Mister Tatiyama. I don't reckon. I mean, try googling the name. Like, I I did. You did, and uh, and fuck. nothing came. It just came up with the the guy that plays him. But I'm gonna do it again though. Miss... Search into r slash jokes. If it's a real joke, so I'm gonna post it fifty mm. times. No. No. Look. 
supposedly it's a nod to one of all Parker's favorite jokes anyways. Well, uh, if you know the joke or if you're all Parker, uh, <laughs> write it. All Parker, if you want to be a guest, uh, be our guest. Anyway, I believe it's time for everyone's favorite new section. Uh, it's the Bugle Update. I'm getting better. You can you can make it make noises now. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, can you make it carry a tune? No. Can you do more than one note? Yes, I can do two. Can you do more than two notes? Huh? Can you do more than two notes? Nope. I can do two notes. That's all for this week on the bugle. Now on to everyone's least favorite section. <laughs> The mailbag! Mailbag! Freaking Alien Alfie asks... Our, 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 our most frequent questioner, it must be said, yeah. asks, Are you guys fans of Scooby-Doo? Oh, what a question. That's going to require some digging. Uh, I am a long... Time fan of Scooby Doo. I don't mind a bit of the Scoobert Doobert myself. Bit of the Doo Man. Bit of uh. Bit of Doo Doo. Bit, bit of Shaggy Rogers, our, uh, the one true god. Yeah, we love Matthew Lord in this house. Mm. Oh, he's so good in Serial Mom. <laughs> I still need to see that, but. um. That's oh, fantastic. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Shaggy is, of course, an omnipotent. Uh, God being it's true that entered our realm some time ago and decided to continue residing here for whatever reason like zoinks um, <laughs> like zoinks indeed uh, and hopefully we might be able to secure uh, maybe an endorsement from from the God thing Mr. Shaggy. Rogers wait Mr. Rogers no Mr. that's a different person <laughs> Like, Scoob, I fucking hate a three-beam salad. Well, Shaggy. <laughs> that, was, that was rude. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. A glowing endorsement from the god thing, Shaggy. Shaggy, I'm going to have to bleep you. <laughs> um, anything else to say on uh, Scooby-Doo? I just really like Scooby-Doo. I think the live-action ones are fucking hilarious. The live-action... I, I want to see the original cut of the first live-action one. Because mm. as is Robin, friend of the show's favorite bit of trivia, possibly ever, that film was originally meant to be like an R-rated <laughs> sex comedy. Yeah. And there are still inklings of it in there. Oh, the inklings. There's like, like there's so many lines that shouldn't fly in like a, a PG film. So many. Um... Also, there's uh, one that Shaggy says towards the beginning, but I can't for the life of me remember. But I remember it being really dark. Yeah, and I mean, lest we forget, um, oh, what's the name of uh, who plays Velma? Linda Cardellini. Linda. Uh, how could I forget Linda Cardellini? She's fantastic. Jesus. She is fantastic. Of course, Devilman Rowan Atkinson's in there as well, but we don't need to dwell on that. <sighs> Yeah, but he's the villain, to be fair. Oh, yeah, Spoil- he is. Spoiler alert <laughs> for the Scooby-Doo movie. 
Uh, I love those movies. Shaggy with boobs was my sexual awakening. Yeah. I think it was Robbins as well. <laughs> I think we've, we've both independently been like, Shaggy with boobs is so hot. Like Matthew Lillard with huge tits. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Shall we move on to everyone's least favorite section other than the mailbag <laughs> and the bugle mm. update and the main show? <laughs> the Patreon. Our first patron is Mrs. A. Mrs. A. believe it this week. <laughs> our second patron is Jack Cavanaugh. Jack Cavanaugh. And our third patron is Andy Kinsler. Andy Kinsler. Yeah, go to the place, give us the money. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I may as well just copy paste it at this point. My pantaloons. His pantaloons. Sardin. Etc. Six dollars less than we were at peak last year, <laughs> and now he has to get a job. Have we peaked? <laughs> did we peak too early? We peaked in high school. Oh God! Oh God! I definitely didn't. <gasps> I hope I didn't. Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking hell! Best days of my life? I don't fucking think so. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the. I guess there's n- nothing left to say, but this is anchors away. Uh, that kind of rhymes. Hello, Donna Sheridan here. Goodbye. That's a line, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, she's she's like, yeah, waving goodbye with an absent-minded smile. I love that bit when Colin Firth says, "And goodbye from a three-bean salad." That's my favorite line. No use climbing the ladder if you're on completely the wrong wall. <laughs> May as well be our fucking tagline. <laughs> Well, now it's actually record. <laughs> I'm gonna stop now. Oh, what a bunch of baloney! <laughs> what a bunch of balogna! <laughs> okay, now I'll stop. <laughs>